Hello, Secret Masters listeners. It is your host, Jared, and I am very, very excited about today's episode with a very, very funny comedian, Joe Quazala, who happens to know everything about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we hadn't done a musical episode for a while, so I was really excited to uh, get this one recorded. But I have to give some bad news. There was a technical difficulty. There was an audio difficulty in the music episode. Coincidence? Maybe. Conspiracy? Possibly. But there was a little bit of an audio snafu. So you'll notice that eh, the final little section of the interview, not even half of it, it was recorded on my phone. Uh, And it still sounds good. You can still understand it thanks to the skills of my excellent engineer, Steven. I just wanted to give you that little warning so that when that comes up, you don't go, what the fuck? And then just throw your computer across the room. Or whatever you listen on. I I assume you're all listening on gigantic Commodore 64s from 1983. All right, enough of me. Uh, Listen to me and Joe Quazella discuss his love and knowledge of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. My name is Jared Logan, and I am the leader of a secret order that has ruled the earth since mankind was young. Just two severed heads of, like, orcs (laughs) or something just sitting there. You may have heard us referenced in the book of Revelation. In days long past, we bred princes and toppled empires. Violence. Tits. Violence. This guy can change into a squirrel. If you question it, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. Join us here every week for our Virgin Sacrifice slash podcast. This is The Secret Masters. Guys, if you're listening, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Of course, it makes no sense, and we're just fucking around. Are you angry? Are you going to walk out? Except rock and roll, role-playing. Rock, then, roll. Tonight, you're you're doing roll. role We're doing a role-playing game character-building session later tonight. So rock and roll. Oh, we're doing rock right now and then roll later. That is nice. All right, so now we've both made a horrible. Yeah, I wanted to get on accidental your level. <laughs> pun. Well, mine was accidental. Yours was intentional. I won't forgive you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, right before we started uh, recording with my uh, wonderful guest, hilarious comedian Joe Quazala, I said, "Hey, are you ready to rock and roll?" Not realizing, you know, in the moment that today's topic. Uh, here on the Secret Masters podcast, you guys know what you're listening to. It's episode like 89. Today's topic is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Joe, I had to yes. be honest with you. I say, oh, let's rock and roll mm-hmm. all the time. Like, yes, if we're I, about I to, believe that. If we're about to get apps at a, like a... Uh, TJ Fridays. Yes, I'll say, let's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Is that something I probably should stop doing? I think, I, I think it's great. You're you're down you're with that. You're keeping the spirit of rock and roll alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot. Maybe not as many people as they're used to. No. Yeah. So we really look to you. Let's talk about that a little bit because, mm-hmm. like, um, it feels like rock and roll as a genre uh, has kind of you know fallen on maybe hard times. Mm-hmm. Is that too? Is that too critical? No, that's not. Cr- I think. Yeah, I think that's accurate. It's certainly not cool to like rock and roll anymore. Yeah, maybe not. Like, what ha- what happened? <laughs> what happened? Uh, yeah, I think a natural progression towards hip hop, right? At least that's how I I think definitely hip hop is. I think at the top of the yeah. genre pyramid right now in yeah. terms of music. Well, like, because how can you compete cool wise with hip hop, right? I I guess you can't. Um, Although we might be uh, very coast uh, centric. I'm sure rock and roll is thriving. In many parts of this country that maybe we're not in sure. tune with. Who are still uh, maybe catching up with the rest of us. Right. They'll get to hip hop <laughs> <You>, eventually. <laughs> you idiots in the flyover states with your primitive music. <laughs> uh, drums and guitar. Well, no. I mean, uh, there are... Uh, I think I, I think we're not being unfair to say there are parts in the country where African-American uh, culture is, <laughs> is frowned not upon. really appreciated. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But, you know... Uh, I would say hip hop feels more legit because it's not appropriated from black people. It's made by black people. That's true. Yeah. That I, I think you're, and then, cause it feels us. Welcome a sp- back to two white guys talking <laughs> about <laughs> black people. <laughs> well, it feels like the genre, well, cause rock and roll 
traditionally is a mixture of genres. You know, it has influences from blues and country uh, and jazz, maybe a little bit. And now it feels like they've all like it all came together and now it's all splitting back up. You know, like country is probably as strong as it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, and then R&B. And I, I feel like it all maybe came together. And now a little bit of it is still rock and roll. But then it kind of all splintered back off. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It feels like people are kind of they can get exactly what they want anytime they want now. Mm-hmm. And if they want a very specific thing, they it's go off in their corner and they enjoy it. Um well, today we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. tell me, how did, how did you become interested in this? Uh, I, I think it started when I was like a kid and I was into like class, listened to classic rock radio. And I was very into like knowing the history of, of rock and roll. And also I'm like weirdly into lists. Sure. If that, yeah. I love lists. scans. I really like lists. You know what list verse is? Um, refresh my memory. List verse is just this online website i don't know who writes it but Mm -hmm. they hire people to write it they pay people to write it they sell ads yeah but it's basically i mean it'll be like 10 horrible plagues from history (laughs) right or it'll be like nine times the president uh you know lied and got elected for it or you know i mean it's almost you can imagine any list you can imagine and uh they're they seem very uh, well researched. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's good. I like that. I, now, have I been fact checking everyone? Not, yes. Oh, we have a okay. team working. <laughs> I pay them, and they. Uh, no, I have, of course I haven't been fact checking them, but but uh, fascinating reading. So I like yeah. li- that's like how I get my list fixed. Yeah, I feel a little bit like a dummy just because that's like the the crux of what's wrong with journalism today is instead of uh, you know an article about you know. Afghanistan. Now it's like ten reasons uh, the Afghani army is woke or whatever. Yeah, you know? totally, like all, absolutely. I, and like the list part maybe isn't the worst part of the sentence I just said, uh, but we yeah. made knowledge too digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all has to. Yeah, everything's a snack, but everything's in a bulleted list instead of like a well written. Or have we just realized the way people think and the way people can yeah consume retain and, you, yeah. information? I think yeah. I don't know. But like those those VH1 lists that they used to do, like the 100 greatest, I was very uh, into those. I think especially because I was younger and they're like a primer into genres and and a lot of it was was rock and roll, like the Rolling Stone lists. I don't know. For me, I know for a lot of people, it's like, well, how do you rank? How do you uh, take art and put it in some sort of ranking? But uh, to me, it's just like, don't look at it like that. Look at it as like a primer. Look at it as some sort of, uh, especially for younger people, people who aren't into this just kind of a general sense some sort of objective way into this thing yeah and ranking is uh to me a game right it's a game you're yeah. playing so if you're doing it on the forums on some website with like people that you're talking to online or you're doing it with friends around a table it it's interesting to see how people have different rankings mm-hmm. than you for sure Getting angry about them or deciding that one is definitive and and, and mm-hmm. f- it is a fact seems sort of um, missing the point. To yeah, me. I think because sometimes these places like VH1 or Rolling Stone, when they present their list, you know, it's in like a very nice magazine or on a produced television show. It does seem definitive. And I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Well, now we know that uh, no media is definitive. <laughs> it's all just a big soup of what um now and the the hall of fame is like that the hall of fame is essentially a list lots of arguments about the list yeah the hall of fame and what's nice about the the hall of fame though i like is that it's it's changing it's like a, a moving living uh thing you know new people are inducted every year it it, so you can't be like well they're not inducted because like they probably they will be be. eventually i would assume i had to say when i was reading up on the inductees i was like the first couple years i was like oh yeah big they inducted the biggest names yeah right of course and then they kind of had to move to like Mm -hmm. i don't i mean let's just say it this the second string yes in terms of popularity the entire second year of inductees in the Hall of Fame were people who did not make it the first year. There was no one newly nominated that second year. Right. So, like, first year, it's like, yeah, it's your first ballot Hall of Fame. Chuck Berry, James Brown, Elvis, you know, those types of names. And the second year is when you get to 
Carl Perkins, Bo Diddley. Here's what we have to figure out. How many new bands are being created per year versus how many inductees are there each year? Mm -hmm. And we could do a a mathematical equation to figure out when your band will be inducted. Yeah, there's a... uh there's a pretty good resource, which I sent you the the site. It's called Future Rock Legends. Yeah. And they are thorough. You can go to any year, see everyone who put out their first record, because that's how you, you determine eligibility 25 years after the first uh, released recording. Right. So they have, they're super thorough. You can look into the future. You can see 25 years from now, you know, the band, they, and they have listed the pe- people who have first recorded in 2017. You can see everybody. And when they, when and, they will be able to enter the, yeah. the rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. Presumably. So you mentioned, you know, you know, the history of rock a little bit. Let's get into that and like kind of the history of the, the Hall of Fame, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So this was started by a guy named uh, Ahmet Erdogan. Erdogan, yeah. Who was like, a, he was a producer for... Uh, Ray Charles. He was like he's like an old school uh, rock and roll guy. Very old school. So he worked for Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. and I read that they had released many different tracks in 1949. They still weren't a success all the way back in 1949, but they had they were up and running and hadn't really hit mm-hmm. it big with anybody uh, at that point. And then around 1949, they started finding rock and roll a little bit right. so ray charles i don't know if you'd call ray charles rock and roll he's definitely in the hall of fame yeah first first ballot first round yeah he was yeah. in the first year uh, and that's like there that we can get in that later but like the distinction of what is rock and roll is uh vast yeah that's you an know? argument people continue to have right yeah. but they started so so ahmet erdogan here he started like rec- getting for atlantic people like the drifters the mm-hmm. clovers i started i tried to listen to a little bit of this i like sure. it. i like old you rock would probably roll. recognize some of the drifters i think yeah like on the boardwalk and like oh yeah some you of recognize those. all of it the coasters i recognize yes. some of the stuff i was mm-hmm. listening to and then a little bit later they they got it into some of what i'd say are like the motown legends like sure. uh Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. Will we call him Motown, or is that incorrect? I don't. I don't. Uh, do you have to have been in Detroit? You specifically? do. You do. Right. I, mean, I guess. Although yeah, the people listening probably get what I'm talking about, and the, the, the style of music. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Otis Redding. Well, also, like a young Stevie Wonder. You know, right. he started recording when he was a teenager. Sam and Dave, whose songs you know, I didn't. I, mm-hmm. I if you'd said, "Oh, you like Sam and Dave," I'd been like, "Who, Who? are you talking about?" But they're the hold on, dun dun, right? Uh, and Soul Man and. Yeah. One thing that makes it a little confusing is I think people recorded each other's songs and some with some of this. Yeah. Constantly, yeah. They did that with country music too. Mm-hmm. And I really love those stories because it's like literally the Carter family would go out into the hills of Appalachia tell every little village like hey what's the song you guys sing around here right learn it and then go back and record it and make a million dollars yeah Yeah. um and then even today atlantic's still around they've got like ed sheeran and sia and people like this so do you know anything else about this guy he kind of put together the first committee for this hall of fame yeah uh and he yeah he was kind of the the backbone of the hall of fame the and the distinction the distinction should be made there's like a hall of fame conceptually and then there's also the hall of fame museum oh yes which they are connected but not as connected as you might think uh because the hall of fame as a concept existed before there was a like brick and mortar they inducted place. people before they had a museum. actual museum yeah, yeah. yeah and the the organizations behind the two are not exactly the same yes and it's a lot uh, well the, the the building itself is is pretty new i mean relatively right it's like 80s i think maybe later i think technically it might have gone up in the 90s yeah okay 95 i don't know why i think 95 no no i think you're right it went it went up like because they they decided to do it and then it took a long time to find the city right yeah do you have any do you have a connection to cleveland where it's at uh my father's from cleveland okay right yeah so there's probably a little bit of that i used to go when i was a kid i haven't been in a long time but and then there's uh there were like all these kind of like reasons that they said cleveland was connected to rock and roll sure there's there's like an early uh radio i want to say is it alan freed i don't know i'm I'm looking at you as no it's okay but i think like one of the first uh radio shows that featured rock and maybe even coined the term was broadcast out of cleveland and i think that was alan freed they said bowie got big there first because of the the djs there yeah and because of that bowie started his first american tour 
in Cleveland. Right. So there were a couple little things like yeah, that. There's a history of, of rock appreciation in Cleveland. And I also think they really wanted it from, yeah. what, I've, from what I've understood. I like the history of corny old jokes about how terrible Cleveland is. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's like a whole, like when we were growing up, like you would watch sitcoms and they'd be like, I had to go to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. And then the audience would just laugh. laugh and as a kid, you'd be like, okay, I hate that place. <laughs> what a dumb place. Yeah. I grew up in Pittsburgh and that those are their kind of like rival cities, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And Pittsburgh would have jokes like that too. Same thing. Cause I, okay. So you and I grew up pretty close to each other. I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia, about okay. an hour yeah, and a half Morgantown. away. Yeah. So, I, I can remember, I don't, some Christmas movie or something, you know, these coastal elites right. are writing these things, even in the 80s and 90s, and they made some kind of joke. It might have been Ernest Saves Christmas. Okay. They make some kind of joke, like some guy goes, oh, I feel that way every time I have to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, almost directly looking the camera. <laughs> God forbid you spend some time in the real America, <laughs> you fucking cucks. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the way those city sound like just the the vowel and consonant it has a great yeah cleveland his pit in it it's an armpit i think a lot of it has to do i mean obviously they're also old industrial towns that were full of soot for decades that by the late 80s early 90s were sort of on hard times a little bit i mean in terms of their industry so but just yeah cleveland i think just sounds like i had to go to cleveland home of the famous torso murders (laughs) i'm not familiar that's a podcast for another time but involved Elliot Ness of Untouchables fame. (laughs) Joe, we should get back on topic. Right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, so... uh, Oh, one other thing about Ahmed Erdogan. Please. He died at a Rolling Stones concert. Oh, he he died the way he lived. He fell down... Rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. He was backstage at a Rolling Stones backstage area that was called the Rattlesnake Inn. Mm-hmm. And he fell down and he hit his head and then he died from complications of hitting his head. Oh. And I only bring that up because on this podcast, we like to have every once in a while a bleak boner, which okay. is something yeah. that's so kind of sad that you kind of, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Right. And I just like to imagine this guy really old. He started the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame. Doddering around. Doddering around in the rattlesnake in. Yeah. There's just blow everywhere. I can do blow. I'm not too. Oh, wait. Turkish accent. I can do the blow. <laughs> Give me go. the blow. And then immediately he's on the ground. And then he's on the ground. You rock too hard, Grandpa Erdogan. But they have, uh, they have an award that they give out for the hall of fame that is for non-performers and it uh is now called since his passing is now called the Ahmed Erdogan award right usually for like producers uh and and uh you know like Dick Clark has uh is in the hall of fame technically yeah you know? well, man that makes total sense like yeah. well, how could you have a rock and hall Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not have Dick Clark. Yeah. So there's boy, like, by a, the way, did you see some of those last Rock and Eves while we're in the bleak Oh, boy. Yeah. Not looking Ooh, fresh. Oh, hi, Chihuahua. No good, buddy. Yeah. Like, um, old Dick Clark, bless his heart. Mm. He, you know, he, he had a stroke. He'd had some strokes. <laughs> At least one or two. But, but then here's the problem. He owned the Dick Clark Productions and the whole company yeah. making Rock and Eve. So, and he was like, God damn it, I'm... Dick mm-hmm. fucking Clark and I'm going on camera live. Right. And they can't. He's in charge. They can't say no. Seacrest can't say no. Hey, America, who wants to see a guy who we've said never ages for years? Finally catch up. Yeah. It's like the all the years death. found him at once. The specter of death looming over him. Oh, boy. It's what I like to do on my show, Joe, is I bring someone who has something they love, and then I cruelly mock it. <laughs> I apologize. But truly, if you get a chance, YouTube those uh, final Dick Clark yeah. uh, Rock and Eves because... Well, watch a man fall apart. Yeah, just in front watch... Of your very eyes. To me, it's hopeful because it just shows you no matter how good someone is at something, eventually they mm-hmm. die. Yeah, they'll be taken. Um. All right, let's talk about how people get into yes. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For Explain sure. the process. How is someone picked? Uh, so y- you become eligible as a recording artist 25 years after your first released recording. Yes. doesn't have to be a full album. could be like a, an extended play. Uh, has to be more than like a, a demo. Basically, the people had to be, uh, had to be able to purchase it. 
you know. Uh, I love this. This is a basic music for me. So I know what an EP is. Right. It, it, usually it has two sides. It, oh, yeah. It's just like a, it's a shorter... It's not Short a long recording. Yeah. yeah, it's not a long play. But it's called <laughs> an extended, extended. You would think it would be. Yeah, these things are never. These things are yeah. never intuitive. So Short play and long play would make. Yeah, extended much. play. It's shorter. And, so and, uh, and the, yeah. So and really the way it works is so. Right now, twenty five years ago is ninety two, and they will come up with a list of nominees. Uh, and so like, for example, Radiohead is eligible this year for the very first time, although they would then be the class of 2018 because they would be inducted next year and they will certainly be nominated and inducted. Um, that's interesting because now we're getting into what I remember from my teenage years. Right. Yeah. Your key rocking years. Mm -hmm. So now all the grunge and alternative artists. Pearl Jam was last year. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because you still what they're kind of doing is like obviously there's certain artists who you induct immediately. Pearl Jam, Radiohead next year, you know, uh a few years ago, Nirvana. Yeah. But also they're playing catch up a little bit because uh for a long time they were pretty snobby about who they would let in. And now I think because of a shift in management, but who knows, maybe it's just time, they're starting to let in some of the more popular like they're taking more populist approach like journey just got in last year they had been eligible for maybe 17 years this is a great discussion to have is what what are you trying to do with a hall of fame to me a hall of fame is someone who made enough of a mark on Mm -hmm. their medium yeah that they are that they changed it right right and they're deserving of recognition journey is um Maybe not an artistically significant band. Right. But you can't pretend they didn't make an impact. Absolutely, you can't pretend that. Yes. And even now, I think time has also been good to Journey. I feel like you hear Don't Stop Believing a lot. Yes. Both in like TV movies, at baseball games. I just feel like that song has had an interesting arc. My friend Jesse and I talk about music a little bit. He knows more than I do. And he was saying how he's really sick. Like the last 10 years, all music's kind of been like these like kind of like positive chants mm-hmm. of validation and like yeah. things are gonna be okay. Like that's what you see yeah. every time Letterman had, had like a... Uh, musical guest or some late night show at a musical guest and journey fits right in Mm -hmm. they fit right in for a while they were not in vogue because what was in vogue was dark you know gut-wrenching alternative grunge music you know they were the height of lame because of that kind of message truly and now they've they've kind of slid right back in yeah they're an interesting they're an interesting case where do you fall do you think that uh, like uh by the way, we, we are totally down with being snobs on this show yeah. and saying, sometimes I have people on or I notice people when they have these nerd discussions, they go, I just think it's all great, you know, and I'm That's like, yeah, bullshit. fuck you. That's bullshit. Like, make a fucking decision. Yeah. So where are you on Journey? I, I have a begrudging respect for Journey. That's how I would classify it. Because uh, they're kind of undeniable. And I also think there's a little bit of pop mastery going on that you can't ignore. I agree with that. Uh, I do think they kind of suck a little bit. Yeah. But a lot of their songs, I mean, you know, when you think about an artist, if they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, you know, artistic achievement uh, should be towards the top, right? And I also think of it, I kind of think of it as like impact and influence and maybe innovation. Maybe those three things, right? Yeah. And like, if you have enough of the one category, like impact, Journey has had a huge impact. Definitely. Were they particularly innovative? Not really. Uh, I think they were good musicians. I mean, a few of those, they came out of Santana, which is like a weird, their weird history. They were like a San Francisco band that like kind of splintered off of Santana and became a new thing, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, so they're like Santana's Carnage. What? I don't get that. Oh, in Marvel Comics, Venom is a symbiote. Okay. Uh, okay. And Venom accidentally reproduced and a part of him slot off. And became and, a new... And became the symbiote being. Monster Carnage. Okay. Then that sounds right. Yes. I would call Journey and the totally Carnage. And totally worth the analogy. <laughs> totally worth the yeah, analogy. I'm glad we walked through it. Yeah. No doubt. Uh yeah, I you know, and sometimes there's there are certain things I think of where it's like, okay, 
does the band have any classic albums? That's like a good way to start. And Journey, I would say no. Oh, see, okay, I like that. Because you know what? I'm an album listener. Yeah. So there are bands that I like that I only like some tracks that mm-hmm. I skip around. But I don't really like to do that. I really like when people... And it doesn't have to be a concept album or mm-hmm. anything. But when an album all fits together. Yeah. I think I, I, I keep saying these things like I'm the first person to say it. I think that's <laughs> right. a, really a huge... Well, you know, what I like is when <laughs> albums have songs that, man, they kind of fit. <laughs> that's how bad I am at right. music. My parents owned two albums. The Best of Bread. Sure. And the Jim Neighbors Christmas album. Oh, my Lord. Jim Neighbors, you might remember, played Gomer Pyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's where I came from uh, musically in my family. Right. Were your, were your folks like in, so into yeah. music? Yeah, yeah they were. Uh, there, was, there were a lot of like Beatles stuff around the house, you know, CDs playing. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, they, like I, Beatles is like the least, uh, you know, maybe cool but like it's the most obvious i guess is what i mean yeah of like my parents who were born in 1950 1951 yeah like yeah they're like prime it'd be crazy if they didn't love the beatles you know because they were like they're right in that baby boomer 12 area when yeah they did Ed sullivan it's like that's the perfect age. oh yeah that's perfect they're 18 and 1968 like so like they have i've gone through my dad's record collection uh in our in our house and it's like a lot of rolling stones the kinks uh the who james taylor i have this thing where i don't like the rolling stones i kind of get that i i do i i think comparing them to the beatles is very funny because i think it's not even why would yeah why why do people do that i i don't understand it's it's because they came around at the same time but they are um i mean they're really very 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 different it's yeah it's like comparing Snoop Dogg to Philip Glass. It's like they're <laughs> that do. different. Uh, yeah, I th- but it, like they really they came around at the same time. They uh, have a similar story, just in terms of coming from England, and they were the two most popular rock bands of uh, brown-haired Britishmen. Yeah, you know, it's like a, yeah, it's weird. My problem with the Stones is mainly a personal one. I think oh, a lot of the yeah. music is really great, mm-hmm. but I just I think Uh-oh. I think it's like so funny that like. Um, at Altamont, mm-hmm. when people started getting stabbed, the only thing Mick Jagger could think of to do was to kind of act like a substitute teacher and be like, brothers and sisters, <laughs> why are you fighting? <laughs> hey, everybody cool out. I'll tell you what, when chill, someone's... Baby. <laughs> yeah, chill, man. Everybody take a breather. People are getting actively stabbed. Yeah, and, when yeah. someone's stabbing... Cool out's not yeah. gonna work anymore. Hey man, <laughs> keep it keep it peace, baby. <laughs> what? Don't, the people are down, blood is being shed not in front of you. Not helpful, dude. Yeah. yeah, not helpful. Um, so yeah, they just they've done some things like um off stage or you know persona wise mm-hmm. where I was like, Ugh. right. You're also allowed to not like them because of their musical output, which I think you you can get away with that. Oh sure, I mean. I, I think that musically, they're one of these bands that has done amazing things mm-hmm. and and pretty shitty things. Yeah, they which s- is most big bands. Sure, right. They, I think their start was very bad. It's mostly very uh, sleepy blues covers. Is yes. like their first few albums before they hit like Satisfaction, which is you know great, and then they kind of took that. And but their albums, I don't think were great really again because they were they were they're those British guys who are so obsessed with the blues but don't realize they really shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> like rock and roll came well, out until of the they blues. They made it their own eventually. Yeah, I mean the like, Beatles were doing that a bit too, right? In a way, and yeah, and so all those bands like Zeppelin and the Who were all influenced by the blues. Zeppelin just ripped off. Oh songs. yeah, wholesale. <laughs> like not even trying to hide. You want to hear my big dick celebrity story? Okay. The only time I've ever met or hung out with Bill Burr, one of my comic, you know, heroes mm-hmm. or whatever, he was at this house party and he wasn't really hanging out with everybody. But then we just, he just got on the computer all of a sudden and had to show us how every Led Zeppelin song was a ripoff. Oh and my God. And he just God. kept playing the real track, the original track. Yeah, the original Willie Dixon. And then they, yeah. And then- he was very yeah. nice and very cool, but like you're at a party. I well, I had no idea that Led Zeppelin was a complete well, kind yeah, of they're, sham they're, and copycat artist. Yeah, it's it's a. I don't want to say it's a gray area, but maybe I will just because like we were talking about uh, bands covering each other and like in the tradition of the blues, like how many different types of blues riffs can you think of? I can maybe think of two. I can think of none. Right. Because I don't know how the blues is played. Right. Because it's all just like, dun, 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 dun,
it's and you you hear all those blues songs from that time and you're like are they allowed to do this it all seems like it's the same i so i guess what i'm saying is like what led zeppelin did was inexcusable especially because they didn't credit anybody but uh also there's a little bit of the blues tradition where uh things people, are being borrowed and people things, record each other's songs we mentioned yeah. that already mm-hmm. a lot of that early music history is people just recording each other's songs willy-nilly yeah they, they usually credit each other though tip yeah typically yeah and in the blues it's there's like there's like riffs and like progressions that i feel like they're public domain like anyone can kind of just use them yeah. and maybe some like phrase uh lyrically but yeah zeppelin i think just kind of took that too far didn't uh give credit but then moved on moved beyond it they're the latter half of their career there's really not a ton of that and they are also undeniably amazing musicians incredible yeah singer and right and jimmy page kidnapped a 14 year old Ooh, tell me about this what happened (laughs) uh jimmy page uh you know in the 70s when rock stars thought they could do anything sure he was just like i like that woman or i like that bird he probably said probably a bird Ooh, she's Uh, a nice bird (laughs) and he's like she'll be mine i think he had like one of his goons like grab her and keep her in his uh hotel room fuck Uh, and then she married him and I think very what? very Stockholm where she's just like, Oh, we were in love and I was like, You were fourteen and he more or less kidnapped you. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. So does this just end with them getting divorced like many years later or Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. But she's still like you know, we were in love. And it's like you were a you were a child and he manipulated I watched that documentary It Might Get Loud. Mm-hmm. They really skip over the 14-year-old abduction they about they, when yeah. they talk about Jimmy Page. No, they kind of go from child prodigy straight to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> they miss... Uh... But it's funny with Jimmy Page, especially if you watch that documentary. So, you know, in This Is Spinal Tap, how Spinal Tap were like a Beatles-type band. Right, And then yeah. they become like a mama and the papas-type band. Yeah. Right. So, they're doing whatever's in vogue. When you watch uh, in that documentary, the uh, it might get loud. It's called The the Career of Jimmy Page. Mm-hmm. He used to be in kind of like, we wear suits yeah. and we sing. And he was we, in the Yardbirds. Which he was, was in the Yardbirds. He was yeah. in the Yardbirds. <laughs> and he played for Donovan. And like, yeah, he was definitely in that like six. 60s flower power also amazing that someone can go that long before uh ending up in the band that makes them a giant yeah legend right stadium rock but also if we look into it he was probably in his early 20s yeah when he was in led zeppelin it's just like he got an early start and also back then like all those you look at anybody look at how old the beatles were mm-hmm. look how old like crosby stills nash and young were when they did deja vu they're like sometimes, 23 sometimes i regret getting started in my life at age 36 <laughs> <laughs> but it's going okay jimmy page is in the hall of fame twice with the yardbirds and i don't think he should be in with the yardbirds i think they put him in because it's like he's famous right yeah they needed a name yeah um there's lots of complaints about the hall Here's what I'd like to do now. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk to you about some of the inductees sure. that are in the Hall of Fame and just kind of get your uh, opinion. Yeah. Um, so some of these guys, like, I mean, it's like so obvious that they should be in there. Elvis Presley. Yeah, obviously. First first year. Little, to go little Richard, I love. Yeah. Yeah. They, so these, these are like undeniable first year, have to get in. Uh, first ballot. Okay, but then you get people. Here's where people argue a little bit about mm-hmm. genres and yes. what is rock and roll. Here we have Bob Marley is here. Right. Yeah. So, what do you think? I mean, how specifically should we define rock and roll? That's that's a tough question. I think the way the Hall of Fame seems to uh, define it is uh, definitely not country. Like, for whatever reason, country is a genre that is, like, never going to get Completely separate. Okay. Uh, and they, they've had their own hall of... I don't think they have a country yeah. hall of fame. Maybe but they might. The Grand, whole, the Grand Old Opry and all that, they have their yeah. own apparatus that right. takes care of country artists. I think maybe if you can trace it back to the blues... Then you're in rock and roll territory. Okay, so if it goes back to the blues, all right. Because I think Mar, I think Marley definitely ha- definitely is a rock artist. Because he's obviously there's a so much of it is reggae, right? Yeah. But I think it is it is rock reggae, at least as I interpret it. 
That makes sense. Because he also crossed over, and I think that's a part of it. You know, he charted on the regular charts. You know? Well, there it is. Okay, so a lot of this is maybe about how things chart. Do you know anything about the Billboard charts? I'm not, I'm not particularly. I mean, maybe a little bit. I know there's a bunch of different charts. Uh, there are some... Uh, that's the, the, I also know that. Yeah, so we're on the same page. <laughs> well, no, I just think, like... Um, I think so much of this is about that, and um, then I, when, when I, I like, I, I was looking up these lips, lists of snubs. Yeah, right. And I was like, isn't it kind of like also kind of cool to be snubbed from some of these things? Yeah, I, you I don't want to be the most popular thing all the time. But it's almost cooler to not be. But you want to be recognized, especially twenty five years later. You yeah, know, but, you, you know, probably had your peak on cool years. I don't care. That would be my guess. Is like, well, at the time you're like, I don't care. I'm I'm spitting on the everybody's fucking face. No, there's but one. now it's like 25 years later. You're a little older, and you're like, I'd like to go to a nice, have a nice dinner, and have someone be nice to me, and I get a nice little thing that I can hold. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So like, I was looking at like Black Flag. People are like, Black Flag should be in the mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and yeah. I can think of like nothing the original Black Flag would be more against. Yes. Well, the Sex Pistols did not show up Yes, when they, they were inducted. They didn't They didn't show up. They called the museum a piss stain. Yes. I think they might have called it a Hall of Lame or something very, <laughs> very stupid. Uh, they're paid for music, not <laughs> yeah. for comedy. Um, okay. Some other people here. Uh, the Grateful Dead, of course, are in it. Right. Wait, you say no country, but guess who's in it? Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Yeah, he is. So I think he's a crossover. Yeah. I think he... But yeah, the lines get blurry, you know? When Johnny Cash, I would say, has a super specific sound. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes him more than country. He is Johnny Cash. And and also who he ran with back in the day and, like, the record company he was with. He was with Sam Phillips, who did, you know, Carl Perkins. And, uh, you know, you think of the Million Dollar Quartet, which is Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis... Johnny Cash, yeah. Carl Perkins. Uh, so, like, he's even if the music was, which I think, that, like you said, the music is very specific. He just like he fits into that that early rock and roll genre. Um, we should talk about who's choosing these people. Yes. Like the committee. Mm-hmm. There's a nominating committee that changes uh, throughout the years. Uh, these days, it's like, and it's mostly like what they call industry experts, which is sometimes uh, managers. Uh, record executives, uh, a lot of journalists. Which it I changes. Think is good. It changes yearly. It does. Yeah, I saw Dave Grohl was on it. Dave Grohl year. is yeah a, a recent addition. Questlove has been on it for a few years. Uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine has been on it. For Tom a few Morello, years. Rage Against the Machine. So that's a guy I would never expect in a hundred years would be on the Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Hall of Fame nominating committee. Nominating yeah. committee. Mm-hmm. How do you rage when you're on a committee right. that in Right. Well, it's got it's got to come from the appreciation of music. I guess so. Which is and certainly he has that. He's a great yeah. musician. Which yeah. is part of the reason why I keep going back to it. I think is that it's a annual. The induction ceremonies I think are very cool, and I think are underreported and like underseen. They're very cool uh, evening. They're very cool nights of. Uh, celebration of music with like it's like a concert with like seven legends that is that is really fun and I went this year and it was and I can't believe I hadn't gone before I went to the it was at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn who did you get to see so it was uh, Tupac I mean obviously he was not there but Snoop Dogg and and T.I. and and Alicia Keys did a very good uh, tribute performance Uh, so it was Tupac Joan Baez Electric Light Orchestra Yes Journey and Pearl Jam. Oh, ELO's in now. Yeah, I love that. They're they don't get enough love. Sometimes. They don't. No, I mean, it, like again, they were eligible for twenty years before they got in. Uh, that is, yeah, that's amazing. So, uh, and and they do these uh, these ceremonies or these big concerts in New York and LA and in Cleveland, just right. to make it clear why you saw it in Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. So the 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 what right now it's going to be. Alternating between Brooklyn and Cleveland—that's the new plan. Okay, that they've set up. Good plan. Um, I'm seeing people in this uh, list of inductees that I think kind of suck. Yeah, give it to me. What do you got? Genesis. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Genesis, I think, if Genesis had not had their early career with Peter Gabriel and had, oh, like, yeah. I don't know how strong of a case you have for induction. I, mean, I don't know. I don't huge. even know if they have impact. They were they were an early, early progressive rock band. Yeah. You know, of that uh, era with, I mean, I think one of the worst performances at an induction uh, ceremony is Fish inducting Genesis and playing their songs, and they're so, so bad. It's unreal. Fish is bad? Fish is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, don't, I didn't think I had a problem with them, and then I heard them cover some Genesis songs at the induction, and I, I hated them so much. And I kind of like early Genesis. I kind of like some of that stuff. Maybe I don't know early Genesis. I, you, there's no reason you would. It's like they're not... Like the radio hits, like you certainly know the Phil Collins era. Yeah, well, I know Phil Collins is a singular artist, right? I could even see getting him in there for sure. Ah, uh, maybe. I feel it, it's it's a weird thing when like he's in with Genesis, so he is far from a priority now. Yeah, you know, totally. Like him as a solo artist, like is there? Are there anybody? Is there anybody else that's a solo and in a oh, band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, There's who? Clapton's in three times. <laughs> Clapton is in with the Yardbirds. He's in yeah. with Cream, and he's in by himself. Uh, I, I think getting into the Hall of Fame three times totally makes up for dropping your baby out a window. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. The set when he was in it twice, he was like, "It still I feels need something bad. else. What? It, yeah. <laughs> something missing." Right. And then now he's full. He's complete. Uh, um. Who, uh, yeah, all the, I mean, yeah, the I Beatles. think Aerosmith kind of sucks. And I say that as like a huge fan when I was mm-hmm. 14. Yeah, I think you can't argue. Like, Aerosmith gets in. Like, a long career of consistently. They were making, around a lot. They have been around a long time. I think, even, that's the other thing is like to try to find some sort of objectivity with this stuff. Like, now that Journey's in, I'm curious if Sticks will get in. Because, like, Sticks is. Bad. Like I think they are very bad. Stick says, "Come sail away," right? Yeah, and that's it, right? I no, mean, they. Ha- the thing is, you could make a case. They have a lot of like classic rock staples. Mr. Roboto. Oh wow! Uh, they have uh, Renegade. Uh, they have. I'm saying, I mean, I can just let's off, off the top of my head. Blue collar man. Uh, Grand illusion. Uh, too much time on my hands. Uh, lady. Uh, babe. Lorelai, Lady awful. and Babe, which they recorded both of those singles. They sure did. Uh, they're very similar songs. Let's just call it Lady. Um, yeah, but I think they. So that's that's a weird thing where it's like you could list a lot of songs that you recognize, but if the band fundamentally sucks, it's weird because like Chicago just got in recently, and that's one that kind of toes the line of like, are they credible? I have a soft spot. I for do that. too. I, I do too. But I get why they weren't in for so long because, yeah, it just feels like a. It, sometimes it feels a little bit like, and this is another criticism I saw. Eventually, everybody will be in. So what they the were point? popular, yeah, yeah, if they were popular, yeah, and you know who cares. <laughs> right? I mean, like, I yeah, there is a thing where it's like, well, if everybody gets in, uh, is it really a Hall of Fame? The museum sounds interesting to me as, like, you know, exhibits you can walk through and everything because I love museums. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I went to the Mafia Museum in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah? Great. Sure. Like, of, of course I'm not going to miss the ro- next time I'm in Cleveland, hopefully soon, yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. That yeah. seems like a lot of fun. But there's also, like... That museum is not uh, constricted to who is in who is inducted, right? You know what I mean, so it's like yeah, it talks it, about everything. Yeah, they have it. You know, you can see Britney Spears's you know leotard from some show, and that's why I'm going to go because I want to smell that. <laughs> right, I want to smell that leotard. Of course, Britney, can you hear me? I do that every show. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about some of these so-called snubs and yeah. see if you think that they're really snubs, right? Uh, first of all, the monkeys. Yeah, I could see a case. If they were inducted, I wouldn't be furious. Uh, Peter Tork of the monkeys is like quoted in like articles being mad that they're not in it. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe he's right. They've had an unfair uh, assessment. Have they? They were more so. of a TV show. Well, they you know they they eventually. I think the criticism has always been they didn't write their own songs. They didn't play their own instruments. Uh, and that criticism, to me now, seems like, who cares? Like, there's a lot of people 
who didn't Linda Ronstadt didn't write her own music right like grow up yeah and they also eventually did start writing their own music well for that kind of like foursome type band Mm -hmm. you know that's almost built on the Beatles model yes you expect songwriting artistry yeah yeah you expect a little they used a lot of studio musicians yes for sure but at this point yes they don't get inducted in 1993 can they get inducted in 2018 Hell yeah. Well, why, not, why not at this point? Now that no one remembers you, you're in. <laughs> um, and let's see who else. I'm glad that ELO's in now. Yeah, they finally got uh, it. Because they were for a while. People said, why aren't they in? Oh, Heavy Metal kind of gets shafted they a get, lot. Yeah, they do. Iron Maiden should maybe, just in terms of being like one of the top heavy metal bands and certainly influential in that genre, Motorhead, Judas Priest is probably, I think, the next heavy metal band to get in or the most deserving that isn't in one of my favorite albums and i recommend this to anybody uh even if you don't like heavy metal is live after death i think live after death iron maiden is amazing Mm -hmm. and that's when they recorded it in long beach okay and the whole time they're going scream for me long beach and it's just really weird that that he's screaming <laughs> Long Beach. It just feels yeah, right. Um, all right, I yeah. Think the, I think the biggest snub is the Cure. That's I. You know, I'm a giant Cure fan. Yeah, disintegration. Yeah, like the all. But you know, they said when I was reading up on this, the reason the Cure's maybe not in is the only big album they had here was like in '92. I think uh, after the fact people have really discovered their discography. Yeah. I think they check they check every box for who yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame. Classic albums, for sure. I mean, like you said, Disintegration is their most classic. I'd say Boys Don't Cry is also a yes. super classic album. Yeah. And then even they have the rest of their career is like, ex- if not classic, excellent albums. You know, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Yeah. All, I mean, like... All listenable over and over. Super listenable. Yeah. Uh, do they have iconic songs? Yes. Yeah, tons. Well, sure. They have yeah. a lot. More than most bands, you know, just like Heaven, Pictures of You, Friday I'm in Love, Love Song, uh, and then that's like the tier of like songs that everybody knows, and then they have at least ten more songs that like a casual music fan will yeah, know. Yeah, they're bringing more than. Wait, I'm trying to look something <laughs> yeah. up here. Oh, they're bringing more classic songs than The Doors, and The Doors are in there. Uh, that's maybe arguable. Uh, Real, sorry, sorry, okay. sorry. That's maybe... Uh, but The Love and Spoonful? Yeah. The Love and Spoonful? I kind of like them. I like them too, but like... Uh, Toe to toe with the Cure, I'd say the Cure. The Cure's got more stuff. And then, like, is the Cure certainly had their own sound? They were innovative. They influenced people after them. They even had their own look. Like, yeah, I think they. I think the Cure really has everything you want in a Hall of Fame worthy band. They spawned. The, they spawned an entire kind of subgenre. Yeah. Of yeah. Of like kind of goth rock. That's really kind of my goal as a uh, podcaster to spawn, spawn a, a new genre. Yeah. Of it'd rock. be like a no of, of uh, podcasting. Thing. I say shoot high. Uh, well, we could we could create a rock genre too, but um, I'm really trying to go for for a whole podcasting genre. Yeah, I think the Hall uh, has overlooked that era: the Smiths, the Cure, Depeche Mode, Joy Division, New Order. Sonic Youth is out too. Mm-hmm. Like sort of these uh, '80s. You ever read My Band Could Be Your Life? No. Incredible book about like bands that came around in the mid to late '80s. Mm-hmm that were ultra indie at first but now some of these people are kind of considered you know grandfather legends of right. kind of alternative rock and roll pixies pavement exactly yeah. yeah totally yeah. yeah so that that yeah the kind of post-punk era is not uh as recognized in the halls it should be and i think it will they you know the smiths have been nominated a few times the cure once Depeche Mode last year they're just not breaking through it'll just take a a few more years before they get in is there anybody this is your chance this is your this is your soapbox (laughs) where you're like come on well, the Cure. That's what you said. Basically. Yeah, I think the, the I think the Cure is, and I love the Smiths too. I think the Smiths deserve. Oh yeah, to the be Smiths are amazing. Yeah, and they're also classic as well. Right. They again, they check all the boxes. The Beastie Boys are in there. Yeah, they are. Why not the Cure? Well, hip hop is another one where it's you know they've started to get some hip hop acts in, but like LL Cool J should be in. He's been eligible for at least five or six years. Yeah, and I think maybe next year could be his year. Yeah, uh, ladies love him. That's what I've heard. James. Yes. You're talking about James, right? Cool James. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. They do love him. 
I love that that was his what he came up with. Mm-hmm. One time for the James Corden show where I work, we tried to pitch a thing where it was just like the League of Jameses, and it was like James Corden was on it, but also right. LL Cool J was like the president of Bang the Gavel and everything. Right. And I think everybody was like, "It's a little weird," and we were like, mm, "In a good way," and they were like, eh, "Well." Um, final thoughts. Let's sum they, up. Okay, so they will be releasing the they will be releasing the nominations for 2018 next month. So it's coming up soon. Uh, Radiohead is eligible. I think they'll get nominated. Uh, Rage Against the Machine is eligible, which is maybe a, a weird conflict of interest uh, because Tom Morello is yeah. part of the people nominating. Uh, Stephen Colbert hosted the Emmys last night, and his show was nominated several times. Right, so, yeah. But he wasn't on the nominating yeah, committee, Yeah, he, did, he didn't get to decide that he was nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. Uh, also, it's And it's also like what names, are, always new names pop up every year. What's interesting is sometimes, like, Journey had never been nominated. As soon as they were nominated last year, they got inducted immediately. Yeah. Same with ELO. There's some of these kind of holdout groups where, because the voting committee is thousands of people, and it's starting to trend, I think, more towards, uh, like I said before, kind of a populist route. So, like, if Foreigner gets nominated this year... Yeah. I could see them getting in. Joe, a lot of things are going populist lately. <laughs> Interesting. It's uh, only it's only led to positive changes for the I country, found, Joe. Yeah, I'm into this uh, new positive populist trend. Listeners, you have to decide. Are you populist or are you elitist like me? <laughs> Not everybody can breathe this rarefied air that Joe and I breathe. Um, I Joe, think, I think Soundgarden is going to get nominated this year because of Cornell. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's weird because uh, that will happen. Like George Harrison. And who was the guy from Lincoln Park? Oh, Chester Bennington? Yeah, Chester, he also died, mm-hmm. so Lincoln Park should be in the yeah, Rock Hall they'll, thing. <laughs> they'll expand the eligibility period just for Chester. I, I think they, they should. Uh, all right, Joe, thanks so much for talking to me, man. Yeah, of course. Um, that was our podcast. If you have our, uh, you know, you want to argue with us, you want to tell us, uh, things that we forgot to say, things that we got wrong. We encourage that at secret master pod is the place to do that on Twitter. And, uh, I respond to all those tweets and also give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get nominated to the podcast hall of fame. Who's in there right now? Mark Marin. Yeah, Marin's in there. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. Ricky Gervais was first ballot. Ricky Gervais, yeah. but he's also on the committee, so it's very yeah, political. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, but I think you could, yeah, in the next few years, I think I think it could happen for you. It's going to happen. I just have to get up to over 5,000 listeners. Guys, we've enjoyed having you here, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Uh, that's when I'd like you to listen to the next episode. <laughs> this is Jared signing off. Bye-bye.